Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Youth Hockey Podcast. Everyone was begging for it. There were people that were clamoring for it, and now they get more Lance Alexander. And we brought in a special uh, uh, guest to this po- hockey podcast. Uh, 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 he will be a returning member of the Youth Hockey Podcast. As soon as I can get him into the theme song, I will. It's David Ralston. He is the coach. He was an interviewee in the first season, and now he's going to be with us from now on. So, uh, guys, how are you guys doing? Awesome. Dave? Great. Great. Thank you. <laughs> well, obviously, we're, we're on point. Uh, at the very beginning of the season, we are, we are, we are like the hockey players. We're, we're going to miss a few passes. We're going to uh, uh, get caught in the neutral zone a couple times. We're going to have some bad changes. However... I hope you can stay with us because I think Lance and Dave both have some really good information for most of you people who are navigating the youth hockey uh, roadways and highways. So uh, first, we're going to start with Lance. Lance would like to give his take on the emergence of hockey after COVID. Lance, take it away. All right. Well, if you will bear with me, I'd actually like to do a little recap, too, of uh, the crazy world that we've been living in since our last podcast, you know? Um. The first up is that just, you know, what a huge impact it's had, you know, from the NHL all the way down to the youth hockey, because, um, you know, as things shut down, I just remember there being this mad scramble to just find ice time. And, you know, in, in the good old days, that entailed people looking at different places around town in the, in the new world that we live in, uh, it was people looking in different States for where we're going to play some hockey. I haven't and heard of so that, Lance. Uh, who, who, would, who would do something so, so bold? Only the, the core of the crazy hockey dads would actually move to other places just to get some ice time in. But hey, you know, whatever it takes to keep your kid on the ice, because, you know, I know there were a lot of kids who didn't have that luxury. Uh, my sons were fortunate to love, even though it was just kind of scattered and start and stop, start and stop. They got to play a full season, if you can call it that. Um, but they, uh, uh, but other. But kids you were uh, you kids. were in California, which meant that you didn't play a single game in the state of California, did you? No, you know, isn't that incredible that we played a full season of hockey and played not one game in the state of California? Which, uh, for those who can't read between the lines, it meant that we just drained our bank account flying everywhere uh but california so we were all over the country and i think it people found it rather humorous that uh uh, i think i counted like what 15 16 states i visited during covid just for the love of hockey well i can Um, tell you lance uh i drained my bank account but not for hockey as you know we went to scotland uh my son played for the uh, kilmarnock lightning it cost 70 poons a week for three practices uh, on the high school team in Kilmarnock, 
Scotland. So uh, that was not a big uh, expenditure. Uh, uh, so there are cheap ways. If you guys want to do COVID, COVID right, I guess, is the right way to put it. Uh, you can always go to Scotland uh, near Glasgow. Uh, shout out to the, to the Kilmarnock Lightning. <laughs> uh, exactly. Dave, what what so, was your experience? Dave actually went uh, back east uh, with his son. Uh, can you confer that experience uh, to the listeners? Uh, sure. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there was hockey actually in many of the states in the East Coast. Um, there was times it was definitely uh, insane. Uh, at some of the places uh, when, when COVID was real bad, but um, we did end up playing a lot of games. Uh, I think between my son playing um, 15U and playing high school, he's got something like 80 games in. So um, yeah, we, we played a lot shit. of hockey. And you didn't even travel. tell me 80 games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's the winner. He no, he winner. really did, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Raleigh did it right. Uh, he went back east. He found a place where there's plenty of competition uh, and a AAA team that, is, that wanted his kid. Uh, if, if anybody navigated this well, uh, I, think, uh, I think it's, uh, it's Coach Ralston. Uh, but, uh, but uh, Lance, I, I do want to get back to you because I know that you had uh, some experiences that were, were, were pretty uh, road warrior-like experiences. Like, like what, was, what was the week like? Uh, like how many places uh, in a month would you go to? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, not horrible, horrible, but I, I think we were averaging two different states a month. Uh, and like I said, it just kind of had these starts and stops because I mean, in the early days, and I know we wanted to talk about crazy regulations. In the early days, it was really crazy because, you know, you'd, you'd be having practices three, four days a week. And then somebody somewhere somehow associated with the rink some, in some way that I don't even know got tested positive for COVID. And they shut every team down, every, all the ice time. And then you'd have to sit for like three weeks and then everyone would come back. Um, so that was one of the crazy things was that it, it didn't even matter if it was, you know, Johnny on a Mike team at 8 a.m. team tested, one kid tested positive. They shut everything down. But then as time went on, I think they started loosening it and, and making it more focused that, okay, if somebody on your team got COVID, then you have to shut down. But I did want to tell you this, this other crazy story of just how, how different it was. I mean, we, you know, you'd go to practices or certain events in, in certain places. And like uh, my wife and I would be the only two people in the stands watching the game. And then I'll never forget. Um, we had a game in South Dakota um, uh and uh, we show up, and so we're expecting the same thing. Almost every place we go, uh, especially since the kids are, are more mature now, they're older, a lot of them travel on their own. Uh, there weren't a lot of parents out there. And then we show up in, in South Dakota, and I come walking in, and the game was being held at what seemed like a glorified barn. There were all these people out there, cowboys, and we walk into the stadium, it was standing room only. Guys were ripping their shirts off, screaming and yelling, and it, just a totally different environment from what uh, we were used to here in California. It was, yeah, we, uh, had a, we had an experience in an open air Idaho rink playing a high school game with my son. 
that was uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty um, zesty, I guess is what you call it. There were some really excited people about Idaho hockey uh, right after uh, the, the, uh, the lockdowns ended. Uh, go get them, Idaho. Exactly. And then, so, yeah, it was weird. From state to state, it was completely different. I mean, in the midst of all the chaos, uh, uh, my boys got the fortune to go to nationals and play in the national championship. And it was in St. Louis. And and it was like, what COVID? Is there COVID? Because all the restaurants were open. Everyone was freely dining and uh, uh, ma- no masks, you know, uh, for the most part, just uh, like life was normal, but then, like I said, you go to other places and it was locked down tight, you know? Um, how many, uh, how many regulations did you guys experience out in uh, Pennsylvania, Raleigh? Did you experience a lot? Um, yeah, it, it went, uh, you know, from month to month, week to week. And, uh, in certain locales, there was definitely, um, some, some shutdowns and like, like Lance was saying, um, our particular team got kind of lucky, I guess, in that I, I, I found almost every team had at least a couple of weeks where COVID went through the team. And, um, and then the team shut down for at least a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, for our team, it happened around Christmas time. And so the team wasn't, wasn't really playing then. So we got lucky that way. But I mean, basically, if your kid played hockey last year uh, and travel, they got COVID at, at some point, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, there wasn't all oh, the I testing. I totally agree with that, Raleigh. I, but the, I'm not kidding you. All, yeah. all of my, uh, my, my son's uh, junior team, they all got COVID. You know, uh, not all of them, but, you know, a, a good portion of them. I, I, I completely agree. Uh, Lance's, uh, your, your kids uh, on the team had, not, not, I'm not trying to shame anyone, by the way, uh, I think sometimes like COVID shaming now hits and you're like, no, this is just, this is just yeah. telling people what happened when you, when you traveled around and played hockey. Um, uh, there, there was, uh, there, there was transmittance. Right. And you know, you know, the interesting thing about that was um, uh, not that I'm a scientist or anything, but the interesting thing was for our team. Uh, you can lie as in a podcast it, for Lance. You could just say I'm an epidemiologist with two PhDs okay, in virology, you if you'd like. Nobody would know. Well, we traveled to Green Bay, Wisconsin in November. And when we got back, uh, one of the kids tested positive. Now, the interesting thing was, uh, yes, it did sweep through the team. But, you know, they, they as a requirement, they made my son's test. And... I, you know, I kind of laugh because I'm like, you know, they don't even have a sniffle. Well, they tested positive. So I, like you said, I'm sure the only reason we got them tested was because we were required. So I can't tell you how many people I bet never even got tested and didn't even know they had it because they didn't get sick. But the, uh, uh, but the other thing I was going to tell you too, the other interesting thing scientifically was that uh, when the kid tested positive coming back from Green Bay, I mean, it swept through the team very quickly. Um, and a lot of people got sick, including family members and parents and everything else. But two months later, another kid who never got COVID the first go round got COVID, tested positive, was sick. And interestingly enough, nobody, it, it swept through to nobody the second time around, which led me to believe that there was some level of immunity after having it once. 
Yeah, no, I, I got to tell you, you know, I, I, again, some people uh, will be upset uh, for at anyone for traveling around during during the uh, the the epidemic, and I understand that that point of view. Um, they are right uh, that people did get it, but the kids that got it, um, by and large, uh, came back fine. At least we think so. Um, and so all you can do is go move forward. I mean, that's all I can say is, you know, we were hiding from COVID. We were in Scott. We literally hid from COVID. But I, I think if I had been uh, here, I would have done the same thing. I would have signed up for things. I would have gone in the back uh, alleyway to get my kid into a hockey rink. I, you know, I, I don't sense that the, that um, that I would have been any different had had that been the case. So. You know, right. uh, and, and it is hard. It's hard to make these personal decisions. I'm, but nobody uh, around you was was hurt um, or hospitalized. Uh, I remember you saying that. So, you know, I, I, I think in some ways um, you got very lucky. And so, uh, um, you know, the kids got to play an entire year. Um, they moved up. Um, and, and that's that's, you know, that's part of life. They want they wanted to live uh, and play the game. So they did. Right. Right, here's the two crazy, okay. I'll wrap up, Randy, by saying, you got it. Uh, here were the two crazy, you had asked me what some of the craziest regulations that I encountered. Well, here are the two that, uh, and I think they might still be going on today. Uh, crazy number one is that, okay, your kids can play, but they got to wear a mask on the ice while they're skating. And, and I just remember how many kids came to me and said, have you ever tried to wear a mask while you're, you know, going all out? They were like, it just doesn't work. So that I thought was a little crazy. Um, crazy number two. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, you brought that up because I want to talk about that for a minute. Uh, when you, okay, when and then the other one I'll just tell you really quickly, which is going on right now, was that um, they're requiring now that uh, at some of these local rinks that if you want to play a game, everybody, the, the visiting team and the, uh, and the home team have to take COVID tests 48 hours in advance. And just based on the experience that we have, uh, it's a crazy rule because I'll tell you, I, when it was sweeping through with us, I tested negative on a Monday. I, uh, I tested net positive on a Tuesday. So this 48 hour thing, I think gives you absolutely no security whatsoever. But Randy, as you know, since our kids play junior now, I did talk to our coach who said that uh, they are exempt from these testing rules because they're considered just a different classification of team that all the rules are really focused for youth hockey. That's an junior NAPHL hockey team doesn't have that, to abide by that. Yeah. That's an NAPHL team that Lance and, um, and, and my son, Lance's son and my son are on. That's I, I, thank you for letting me know that I, I had no idea. Lance is constantly putting out information that's good for the hockey community. Uh, Raleigh, what were you going to say about masks? Uh, I was just going to say that um, I don't think the mask uh, wearing is going away anytime soon. Um, it, this is like, you know, the, the traditional Labor Day weekend. And uh, the, I won't say, you know, exactly where, but uh, there's going to be people playing this weekend being mandated to wear a mask. And we're talking, you know, 15, 16, 18s uh, back on the East Coast. So, um, I don't know what that's supposed to do. It seems crazy to me, um, you know, to have to to have kids wearing masks while they're playing a, a sport like hockey. Um, but 
I, I think that's going to be with us for a while. Mia culpa here, uh, Raleigh. Uh, I actually am wearing a mask during the show uh, because I'm worried that you guys will give me electronic COVID. A wise, wise decision. Yeah, no, I was letting you know that I wear, I, I triple mask. I was listening on the news, uh, like the British news, which is even funnier than the American news. They're like, uh, like, and they, like, if you get a second booster shot, you have half the le- half the chance of of long COVID. And of course, I just did the math. What if you get eighteen booster shots? Then, hell, there's no chance you're getting long COVID. So I am ready. I'm just signed. I'm I'm going to the. I'm going to ask them to take Moderna on a drip, and they're just going to put it into my veins, and I am going to be immortal. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, but if you guys have anything that uh, that you think is is wrong with that premise, no, I think that's a good idea. Thank and you. Um, you know, sacrifice for science. Yeah, I think it's very noble of you. It's going to re- actually replace my blood. Uh, I'm only <laughs> going to be half uh, half uh, o, o, o negative, uh, and then half Moderna. And I believe there's a superhero uh, origin story in there somewhere. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I'm pushing us on uh, uh, to, to Dave's point. Uh, Raleigh is going to update us on some of the rules, and Lance, jump in anytime you'd like, uh, that are changing in the youth sport uh, in the year 2021. Uh, you've been looking into that a little. Please uh, educate us. Yes, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> Lance, you're going to love some of these, I can predict right now. Um, I can't wait. And uh, I, I think when I, when I read this, I, I saw something like, I, there's 70 rules or 90 rules, one, one, one number or the other that, that are added. The other thing about this is apparently it's a, they do these in phases and it's supposedly 2021 to 25 rule changes. Now you can go look at this on USA Hockey and uh, they have an, uh, a pretty decent video that kind of summarizes these, but um, I'll start with um, rule 640, unnecessary roughness. Uh, there's some additions here, and I'm just going to read these. Um, B is a player who has released a shot or pass is no longer considered to be in control of the puck. They're considered to be a vulnerable or defenseless player and, is, and are no longer eligible to be body checked. So that's B. D, a minor penalty shall be assessed to any player who delivers a body check with no effort to gain possession of the puck and the blade of the player's stick is above the knees, which is interesting. And E, a minor penalty shall be assessed to any player who delivers a body check to any opponent who is physically engaged for possession of the puck with one or more other players. Um, and I think they're maybe missing some something obvious there that seems problematic if you're if Can you're I not interpret to that rule for you, Dave? Yes, please. So yeah. the interpretation rules is basically what you're saying is, is that they want to cr- make it soccer on ice, correct? I, 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 my thinking on this is this is the no finishing checks rule. Uh, and and I, I get why, okay, I don't want to be like a lot of people that are really up in arms about this and just say, okay, this is idiotic. I, I don't think it's idiotic and I understand what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they're trying to take out dangerous plays because these are the types of things where, you know, it's, it's when the guy's like, you know, in a corner and a guy comes, char- you know, charging in 
10 steps and just labels a guy who was, you know, being already engaged with another player. You know, th these are the types of things that you see where guys do get hurt and you get concussions and all these things that, that you want to take out of the game. But it also seems to me that there was already rules in the rule book for this. And, and we'll, well, we'll, we'll get into some of these as well, but yeah, I, I, there's a couple of things. I, I mean, the other thing is the, the one about having your, your stick above your knee. Um, so, so what, what kids are being advised is like, look, the, here's these new, new rules are coming. So when you hit a guy, your stick better be on the ice. That's what coaches are, are starting to say to their players. And um, uh, it just, it makes me wonder, like, uh, so as I read this, like, uh, my question is, did the people that came up with this, uh, did they play hockey? Uh, I mean, it, for example, if there's a guy going Damn. down the board. I'm he, not kidding you. You have you guys have, have thrown down the gauntlet. Uh, Ralston, I just want to recap <laughs> this for the listener. Ralston has asked whether the people who made the rules in youth hockey have played hockey. And Lance has come in strong with a hockey is soccer take. Uh, guys, I cannot. This is more entertaining. I'm smiling so much listening to you guys. Please continue. All right. Well, well hey, uh, let me, well, Dave, let me, I'll give you, you know, you know it's funny, and I understand because I, I think, Randy, you would agree that you and I have different perspectives on this because our kids are different, are different types of players. And I will give you a real life example that we experienced where um, uh, my son came across and uh, he would tell you he was making a play for the puck. The kid did have the puck on his stick and absolutely leveled the guy and um when the game was and my son actually ended up getting a match penalty for that so he had to sit out until somebody had a hearing in the meantime uh the parents of the kid who got hit uh and shaken up they sent the video which was probably the biggest favor they could have done for us but they sent the video all the way to the highest levels of usa hockey and um they took it as I did and slowed it down frame by frame, looked at exactly the hit, where the puck was, where the hands were, everything were. And the guy responded and said, well, he, he told his people, like, I would not have even called a penalty on that play, you know? And so I guess it's just so subjective. Right. I, I just, it, and that's gonna be a problem. That's my only problem. You know, I think NHLers say it all the time. You know, we don't care what, what, what your rule is. Just be consistent. And I think this is going to just beg for complete inconsistency from, from game to game, ref to ref. Yeah, and, and this rule, you know, it's defined as unnecessary roughness. So they're saying we think that there's things that are too rough in hockey. And uh, I, I wanted to make the point, uh, like, this, this is going to be a penalty this year, which you see all the time in hockey. And I played it my whole life. And I can tell you, like people that didn't play, maybe I, I think a lot of times I've heard from people say, oh, what, they, they watch a game and they see, you know, two kids come and there's, they're along the boards and one kid hits the other kid and there's a big sound. It's boom, you know, and there's sticks clacking and they're like, that must hurt. And I, I don't think if kids were getting hurt all the time on, on just routine plays, they would be that excited about playing hockey. Um, it doesn't hurt to get checked along the boards 99% of the time. Nobody gets hurt. And this is saying, well, that standard check where the kid puts a little extra oomph on it to really, you know, give that guy a ride there, that's going to be a penalty. 
according to these rules. Uh, the other thing is, you know, you're not going to be able to, um, if you're a forward, go at uh, a defenseman who's standing at the blue line and actually, you know, take target them and go, I'm going to hit this guy regardless, because I know he's going to throw the puck, you know, away. But I want to send a message that you're not going to just do that with impunity all day or, or stand there and, you know, D to D it. I'm going to put pressure on you. And that's going to be a penalty. So uh, I, I don't know about this one. Um, and, and I want to, I want to go on to, cause there's a bunch of other ones. I want to go on to some that are in the same area. Another well, I'll just is, finish then before you go on yeah, to that ahead. one is not that I want to throw down the, the gauntlet, Randy, cause you know, I would never do that, but I kind of equate uh, that rule to uh, the NFL coming out and saying, you know what, let's uh, too many people, it's too rough. Uh, let's take tackling out of the game. Just, just tap the guy. Give him a two-hand tap on the rear end, and then he's down. Damn, Lance. Damn. All I have to say is damn. You are you are shredding. I, I, I don't even know what to – just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, or whoever is listening, uh, lady and gentleman, um, I am the only one uh, in this uh, discussion that's a little bit like – yeah, I don't want my kid to get hurt. So honest to God, I, I so there is one person in this discussion, although I find it very amusing because uh, these are two hockey people. I, I want to reset the table here. Raleigh played Division One NCAA hockey. Lance, his kids went to Shattuck, St. Mary, uh, some of the top kind of recruits around. These are people that know a lot about hockey. Um, and that's why I, I, I think we do the podcast is because people should listen to your, you guys have some really good information. I am more of a dad and I am sitting here going, okay, you can take the, by the way, you can make hockey a little less rough for, for this guy and it's fine, but I'll give you back the floor Raleigh. Cause honestly, I, I do think that you have uh, that your uh, take on this is probably much more nuanced and balanced and, and, uh, and, and on topic than mine. Well, I, I'll try and, and uh, be less editorial so we can talk about them a little more for these other I, ones. But I um, love it. Along, along the same lines, um, so the, another thing they're going to do this year is that all major penalties will automatically come with a game misconduct. So if, if your player, your kid does something that they consider, um, uh, I guess uh, – so, so they kind of redefined some of the, some of the terminology it used to be that the standard was, um, it, you know, if, if somebody did something and it resulted in an injury and it, and I, I mean, that's tough for the refs because they had to, you know, decide and sort of assess what happened afterwards that like, okay, this guy really rocked this, this other player seemed to be a little out of control when he did it. Um, but you know, player didn't seem to be hurt. So do I, but you know, maybe there was a little bit of head contact there. Do I give the guy a major? Well, now um, they, they changed the terminology so that instead of uh, instead of there being any anything in the book about uh, physical injury, it's just all about um, the intent and the and whether or not the the player. I, I'm trying to find out where I wrote this down. Uh, engaging in conduct without regard to the consequences, which creates a substantial risk of serious physical injury to an opponent. Now, um, from what I, I, I did some like looking at Reddit and some other things where a bunch of refs were talking about this. And uh, I, I saw a number of them say, 
that they were in favor of this. They like the fact that they don't have to figure out, you know, whether somebody got hurt, they can just sort of, you know, react to what they saw. But I also kind of wonder, uh, well, I, I saw, you know, other people saying, you know, what's going to happen here is you're going to see a lot of, a lot of double minors being called because refs are going to think to themselves, you know, if, if I call a major here, I, I could call two or three majors in, you know, a period of time. And next thing you look over at the bench and the team's like missing an entire line. And not only are those kids out, but they're missing, going to miss another game at minimum. So you're, you're now going to have uh, a lot more suspensions. And I think uh, what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot more uh, of the type of thing that Lance was talking about, where people are going to be taking video up the ladder and saying, hey, wait a second, like this shouldn't have been a penalty or, or whatever. Um, uh, Raleigh, so, can you clarify for someone? Can you clarify for someone who doesn't know? Um, is like the two and a ten? Is that way? So like one head contact? Like because my kid got called for two and a ten in the uh, in the Utah State uh, uh, playoffs. Would he then miss the next game uh, because of that? Is that what you're saying, or or am I misreading what you're saying? It sounds well, like it has to be a five minute major. Yeah, it's it's any of the major penalties. Okay, uh, I, I guess like I don't get that. Boarding and yeah, it's things like boarding and charging and all these rules that have been out there for a while. Anything that somebody would get a five-minute penalty for. I got gotcha. you. I'm sorry. I, I, I always felt like it used to be an intermediate thing where refs had some discretion to look at something and go, "Look, this is worse than a two-minute penalty, but it's not. It's not bad enough to throw a, a kid out or a player out. So I'll give him a five-minute penalty and and, and you know, those, those major penalties don't expire if a goal scored. So, you know, you don't want to do them right. if you're, no, I've you know, you don't want to have these penalties, but, but now kids I just are just going to sure, I, I just want to make sure the two and a 10, cause I, I've seen kids take like multiple two and a tens in a, uh, in a game. And that's, that's a 10 minute penalty really. Uh, and I, I wanted to make sure that they would play the next game. Uh, that well, was here's my, the thing. That's an way, outsider question. Randy. Sorry. Well, here's one of the things that I know is that you, if you take a second, two and a 10, you're out. I know that. Yeah, I heard uh, that. Right. So you'll get suspended for that. But now my interpretation of the rule in the past, and I don't know if it changed, was that, uh, that basically there was just this rule in place that said any head contact, even if it's incidental, it was an accident, whatever. If you make contact with the kid's head, it's an automatic 10 minute penalty. So refs would give a two and a 10 because they didn't feel it warranted kicking a kid out of the game because it was an accident or it was inconsistent, you know, it was, uh, wasn't substantial. Uh, but they were, you know, I mean, there was no, it, it was all black and white. There was no gray. If you touch his head, you get a 10 minute, but the five minute was reserved for where they thought it was a bit more egregious. And in, in, in the league last year, that at least that we were experiencing, if you got a five-minute penalty, you were automatically ejected from the game. That was just the rule. So the five-minute was egregious. But now, um, again, just to voice my objection to it, the problem is, is that we've seen over and over again is, you know, the refs are human. They make a lot of mistakes. I mean, in my son's instance that I told you about, I asked the ref, you know, after the game, I'm like, you know, tell me what you saw because I'm confused as to your call uh, on a legal check. And and he told me, he goes, I saw head contact, 
the head was targeted, there was intent to injure. I mean, he went on and on down the list. And then I want, I would have loved to have him sit in a room as we reviewed the video because contact was never made with the head. His arms, were, his elbows were plastered to his hips. His shoulder made contact with the kid's chest. They were face to face. The kid had the puck. My, my son ended up with the puck after the hit. So he was going for the puck. And, and I just think those mistakes happen a lot. There was another game we had where my other son um, got into an altercation and he got a match penalty because the referee said, I clearly saw him rip the helmet off the other kid, which is a match penalty. And then after the game, thankfully, like the USA hockey officials were there. So they brought the ref in. They came in and we watched the video. And when indeed in the midst of the altercation, the kid's helmet came off because he was not wearing a strap, a chin strap. And so thankfully they reversed the call right then. So he never had to serve anything. But again, they're only human. They're going to miss a lot. Now, and Lance, how many times do you get called in to watch with hockey officials something that happens <laughs> on the ice with, with your sons? I want to, I, I want to, like, can you give me like a round number per season? Well, come on, right? What? That's probably the only two in the history of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave. He's got uh, his own suite at USA Hockey. Right? I know. Yeah, exactly. Co Coach Ralston, is there any other rule that uh, you want to you want to hit on? I I'm already yes. cut, I'm cutting my segment uh, because we're at 32 minutes already. Uh, but I, I want to finish this yours. Is, this is so that preamble went way long. But <laughs> yeah, there's go ahead. There's there's some more here that are uh, that are okay. going to um, get people and this, riled up. And this is I good research. Um, uh, so I do want I want to make sure you get all of them out. Uh, but we will go uh, right to the questions after you're done and then wrap it up. Sounds good. So um, the uh, along with this, um, this automatic misconduct, um, there are additional rules, uh, rule 601, automatic game misconduct for four penalties in a game. This rule existed before, but it used to be five penalties, but now it's four. So this is kind of what Lance was saying. I assume if he had two 10 and twos, which I, we all saw in like peewee hockey all the time, you know, and how many of those were really kids trying to hit another kid in the head? Hardly any. And yet uh, I could, I lost count of how many two and tens were assessed. So um, now kids are going to be missing games. And uh, along with that, it used to be that uh, if a team got 15 penalties in a game, the coach gets a misconduct. Um, now they've lowered that to 12. Um, so uh, a coach gets a misconduct, coach is going to miss uh, a game with a suspension. And then there's another rule where if they get a second one in the season, there's additional suspension. So you could, you could be losing your coach for weeks, maybe even months in the middle of the season. If, if games get out of hand, but uh, a lot of times not, not even getting out of hand, it's a, it's a ref who decides he's just going to start, you know, calling 50 penalties. And uh, we've seen, we've seen that happen, you know, all, all of us, I think, where, you know, you just, you, you look at the game afterwards and you, and you go, what, what exactly was happening there? That ref just seemed to be in a bad mood and he was, you know, I've seen um, 25, 26 penalties called between two teams in a, in a Bantam hockey game. 
where, where nothing was really going on. I, I couldn't understand it. Um, so anyway, there's that, but uh, I, I want to get to ones that, uh, that the couple that are, a lot of people are talking about. One, one is um, shorthanded icing. Now this, is, this was already happening last year, any of the age groups below 16, but now um, all the way through you know, 16 to 18, you can no longer ice the puck if you're shorthanded. Um, do you get, do you want to talk about that at all? Or what, what, what is your thought? I, I don't understand the benefit of that. You know, I'm just thrilled uh, that uh, with the earlier one where the coach gets thrown out for more than a month, that sounds like, like heaven to me uh, for a couple <laughs> of the coaches. I mean, I, it's nothing personal here, but I've had a couple of coaches that, Quite honestly, if they'd taken that vacation, I would have been like on the outside. I've been like, oh, and then on the inside, I would have been like, yes. <laughs> well, so yeah, Dave, can, can you explain that? At least one team that. where the coach quit. <laughs> That's true. We had one of those too. Uh, yeah. I forgot, Dave. What was that? What was that rule again? Because like when you're in a penalty kill, you can ice the puck. Now it, yes. it gets blown you down, right? You can't do it. Um, and, and even even 18U AAA, you can't do it anymore. So if you ice the puck, it's the whistle's blown immediately and it comes down with a you know a defensive zone draw. They're going to whistle it immediately. Well, the good news is that's not going to slow down the game, is it? No, not at all. And I'll wait wait until you hear the next one. But anyway, uh, the, the, so the thing I find interesting about this is that they they still allow in high school and juniors so so since your sons are going to be playing juniors you you won't be affected by this but uh uh in high school you can do it so like a kid playing jb hockey on a high school team can go ahead and, and ice the puck but a kid playing 16u triple a cannot it, it it's just inconsistent and i have a, a theory as to why that is but i'll i'll just throw that in at the end hopefully um however the the other one and this one, I think, is really the one that has people the most perturbed is um, all the way up through youth hockey, there is now no longer going to be tag up offsides. So, you know, in, in the olden days, you know, I, I guess they had this went up to up to peewee, but now they're, they're doing this all the way up to, you know, 18U AAA is, you know, the old play where the... Puck comes out, and you got a couple guys, and they're attacking down low or whatever, and they, you, you know, your defenseman throws the puck back in, and those guys tag up and come back on sides and go and reattack. Now they're going to immediately blow the whistle and take the puck down to the other end and do a defensive zone uh, draw. Wow. Now, can uh, I make another rule that? suggestion, Dave? Since we're gonna, all the rules they have are just uh, just gonna pile on to the whistle, so. Uh, the two-hour hockey game will be like four or five. Let's make it like six or seven, Randy, hours. And why don't we implement back, Dave? Uh, a lot of listeners probably won't even know what this means, but let's get back the two-line pass. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Does, did, do you remember the two-line pass, right, Dave? So that way we'll have a whistle oh, on yeah, every play. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. With Well, I, I know what they're thinking, but I think this, this all, in my opinion, comes down to – People are at USA Hockey are trying to change the way the game is played with some of these rules, and I don't know that it's really appropriate. And uh, I, I mean, what 
part of the reason for this is, you know, they're trying to cut down on that, or they want defensemen to make plays at the blue line, which is, which is great and everything, but there's a fine line between that and uh, saying to a player, Hey, you know, do something really reckless and just go, you know, one-on-one with, with a, you know, the wing that's attacking you there and try and make a play. You're the last guy back. So don't, don't throw that puck in and create an offside because we're going to take it down and, you know, give you a defensive zone draw if you do. And, and they also want to stop people from doing dump and chase, which again is admirable, but um, there are times when, especially at these upper levels of hockey, where you have these systems like uh, neutral zone traps and things where there's a point where if you can't throw a puck in, you, you know, a certain teams are just going to be able to, to uh, bottle you up. And um, so there, there's times when teams have to uh, change their strategy just to, just to be, um, you know, competitive maybe. And you're, you're, you're just saying to kids, Hey, these options, they're no good for you. Don't do them. We don't want you to do them. We're going to make you a better hockey player in the end result by not doing these things. But I just don't think that's realistic and, uh, you know, it seems to me like it's a, a fine line. It's kind of gone over the, the line where now the rule sets are, are trying to um, encourage certain types of behavior. And a lot of these rules, you know, they've been in, in the game of hockey forever, at least, you know, for me, since I was a kid. So I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time with them because it's hard for me to say, you know, what, what was wrong with the game when I played it? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, well, you so, know the interesting uh, thing I, about that, Dave? The interesting thing about it is, is that it seems like their youth hockey rules are in a complete contradiction to the NHL because the NHL, uh, you know, if you remember going to a game back in the seventies, I mean, the games went on forever and the NHL slowly but surely tried to implement rules that would cut down the whistle. So they got rid of the two line pass. They let you, they, they let you tag up on an offside, you know, there is no whistle blow on an icing. If you're killing a penalty, all that stuff speeds up the game. And uh, these rules, I think are just going to slow the game down more, more, you know, Uh, talking about slowing the game down. We are now in our 40th minute our 45th minute actually. (laughs) So I'm going to move you guys and we can come back in the second, uh, the second episode, we can come back to more rules. Uh, I don't mind at all. I, I just, uh, I, I think uh, um, I want to get these two questions and then uh, then I'll keep you guys on the line and we'll record one more uh, after this. Uh, and, and you'll have more things to say, I'm certain. The first question is from Carson. If you could add one rule to the list of changes this year, what would it be? I'll throw that to Lance first. You know, the rule that I've talked about forever, and it doesn't, it's not a youth hockey rule though. It's for the older boys is I believe that shields, half shields should be banned and that people should be required to wear full cages. I mean, the worst thing that comes from it is your dental bills maybe go down a bit more. There you so go. that's and the rule I would change. Coach Raleigh? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great one. I, I agree with you. Uh, you play NCAA hockey and you wear a cage. Why? You know, you got a lot of, you got 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids going to play junior hockey and uh, they're all going to wear a shield and some of them are going to get their teeth knocked out for the rest of of their life and they're never going to be playing, you know, higher levels of hockey. Uh, Who does that serve? Um, I don't know why, you know, that's a thing. And I also know the way, you know, boys are, they, you know, they're, as soon as they are playing juniors, 
bam, that shield goes on. And it's like, yeah, let's, let's go, let's go do this. So, you know, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I don't see why uh, uh, kids in that age group should be um, facing that, that kind of injury when they're not professionals, but it is what it is. Um, uh, and, and, uh, well, the other thing I want to say is, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a rule I want to see. I, I, I just don't like the tag up off sides. If I could change one thing, I'd say, roll that back. What, why, why did you put that in? That's so. absolutely fine. I will take masks out of uh, any hockey rink uh, during a game. Uh, I, I will, I agree with you guys from earlier. I, uh, it's, it's, it, it probably, um, is it, is slightly, uh, um, uh, you know, it's slightly controversial in COVID times, but I, I wouldn't put masks on the kids while they're playing games. Uh, next one, Dario, uh, if what happens if COVID restrictions never go away? Um, I don't know, uh, guys, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, what do you have to say, uh, uh, Raleigh? Well, let's start with you. Well, um, I mean, I guess it, it depends on what the restrictions are, you know, like there's not one standard set of restrictions. I, I agree with you, the, the having kids wear a mask, doing athletics, uh, you know, it, it, it makes no sense. There's no proof that uh, it's, that to me, looking at it, you know, uh, I, I think you have plenty of data to say that hockey was no worse than sending kids to school uh, and, and probably a lot less worse. So, yeah. Uh, then uh, right on to you, uh, uh, Lance. Well, I would just say the what happens if the restrictions go away, then it's going to be a sad world, isn't it? I mean, well, yeah. Um, but my hope is, uh, you know, the, the hope that's out there is that, you know, the world survived the, the Black Plague. They survived the Spanish flu. So I'm hoping this is just a temporary blip on the history of the world and uh a couple of years from now we'll all look back and laugh at it well my take is that uh, if the restrictions don't go away i hope they find a way to get the developmental hockey leagues back into play because i know all the triple a kids played i know some of the double a kids played but the a and b kids um in utah they did play uh so there you know when we got to utah but in a lot of states, uh, they had they had no um, they had no way of 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 advancing their their hockey skills. They had no way of playing on the ice because they were kind of left behind. And I, I think that's a shame. So if COVID uh, doesn't go away, I really hope they find a way to get the kids who haven't you know become superstars yet, but but are, just love the sport. I hope they get to find a way to get them back on the ice. Well said. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's a great point, and, and it, it's not just hockey. It was many sports. Absolutely. Where, um, you know, it, there's a value judgment there that says that kids playing sports isn't important. That came from a lot of people, and I don't think that's fair to kids. This is like times of their lives that they will never get back. And I, I mean, again, if it's well, I, I maybe you know it's sort of the, the the argument. The greater good is that everybody should give up things so that you know some some people that are are in uh, great risk will be will be um, protected. But I think you, if you're going to do that and you're going to take things away from kids, you got to really um, be sure that that what you're asking them to sacrifice 
actually is for the greater good. And I don't think we had proof of that. Well, I, you know how I feel. So I, 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 uh, I, I'd love to uh, see all those kids playing soccer, hockey, all those things they love because um, it, it just is, um, uh, it's so much a part of their lives. You can see it in, in, in what they've lost. And, and when, when you see that, it makes me sad. So uh, that is the end of uh, episode one. Uh, I urge anyone to uh, go hit the computer, uh, go to uh, youthhockeypodcast at gmail.com and send us an email telling us uh, anything that we, we need to know about how to uh, make this better for you guys, uh, to, to uh, what you want uh, us to talk about in the upcoming episodes. And um, who knows, maybe even uh, a couple of attaboys uh, to uh, Ralston and, uh, and all his good um, um, research he's done. So anyway, uh, thank you all. I very think, uh, yeah. well, listen, I, I, I think we've got to get uh, Twitter so that we can all be canceled because after this episode, yeah. I'm not sure we're going to get a lot of attaboys, but we'll see. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for whatever you guys are. So uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you at the next episode. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.